Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan, training you to lead with courage. Hello, everyone. We are so happy to have you here. Today we have a special guest. You know that my desire is to train and share with people that each one of us can be a courageous leader, whatever God uh, created us and wherever he placed us. There are skills and talents that he put in us that we can become courageous uh, leaders. For those of you who read my book, Saving My Assassin, you know that uh, God gave me the opportunity to be a courageous leader under socialists and communists, so no matter the circumstances. But you know that my heart is to bring real courageous leaders, examples right now in America or around the world that will encourage you as they will share with you what courageous leadership means to them. And one of our guests, special guest, is Joel Harder. He is uh, president of, um, uh, founder and president of Oklahoma uh, Capital uh, uh, Culture and the chaplain of the Oklahoma House of Representatives. Um, Joel, would you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. In Virginia, I'm so privileged to be on uh, Courageous Leaders. It's I am such a leadership guy. I, I see leadership in all sorts of situations, and I get to work with leaders. Leaders really do matter. So I am the chaplain of the Oklahoma House of Representatives. I lived for Washington, D.C., I lived in Washington, D.C. for about 10 years before we moved to Oklahoma. And since we've moved here, I've worked with elected leaders in the state capitol. So I get to work with leaders, try and really help them to lead well, lead better. We look to our leaders. Uh, and I founded Oklahoma Capital Culture because we cannot deny that there is an incivility problem in our politics. And we're really trying to tackle that problem. And your podcast and what you do is right in line with what we're trying to do because it's not just politicos or chaplains that that can make a difference but but we really try to equip everyday people from all walks of life to lead in their community to engage with their leaders and really solve this problem and we're getting to see it happen so I'm so excited to talk about courageous leadership with you Oh, you are one of them. Uh, I know when we talk um, at um, NRB, uh, la the last time that we talked here in Dallas, you mentioned, and uh, even uh, uh, after that, you mentioned that um, something that, that in my uh, Saving My Assassin memoir, in fact, is on page 287 and 288, talks about how, I was able to do the things that I was yeah. able to do in in Romania and now in America. And um, 
I want to tell people that this is how I uh, I signed uh, my uh, my book. Freedom is precious, and it yeah. starts what I am saying at page two eighty seven with freedom is precious, but continues with if the truth lives in me, lies cannot overpower me. Yeah. If my soul is free, no power on earth can enslave me. Right. If God gives me victory, defeat is impossible. And I believe that is the essence of what we have to do in your role as a courageous leader and your role in what you are doing. And right now, it's even more important because we see so many changes in America. Yeah. And the saddest part is that even some Christians started to experience fear of government instead of fear of God. Mm-hmm. And fear is a, a problem. We have to recognize and fight against. Fear was a problem for me, you know, as I was in Romania, surrounded by secret police, interrogated. Uh, but we have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to let the fear overcome it. So what is the problem of fear in politics yeah. uh, now for, for us here in America? Uh, what, uh, what is the fear doing to our culture yeah. from your point of view? Well, and and first of all, I, I've got to say, in the internet age, you know, we we met and connected online a long time ago, and so it was great to actually finally meet you in Dallas. And you're so right; everything you just said is absolutely absolutely true. The the truth is in us. One of the things that we do at Capital Culture, and it's part of what I write about in uh, When Leaders Matter, uh, is that there's a number of problems in our politics right now. And there's no question that our politics are in a, in a difficult place and it doesn't help us to just see it all as this one giant big problem and it's insurmountable. We really try to take it from that aspirational level that we want better and, and go to the practical level. So we tackle very specific problems and fear is one of those, one of those problems. A a researcher Uh, on democracy talks about the problem of fear. And uh, she talks about how when fear gets into a democracy in particular, it just messes everything up. It it gummies up the works. And one of the things it does is that it causes us to stop focusing on the real problems. We start focusing on secondary issues. We start looking at the people that we really need to be engaging and working with to create real solutions to real problems. And we start fearing them and looking at them as the enemy. And we're seeing that all around us right now. So we need a solution uh, to fear in our politics, because without it, we will never really tackle the real problems. Uh, we can't really even have true dialogue about the real problems. And I think that's one of the tragedies that we're seeing in our culture in particular is that there are some real problems and people have, they want to really talk about them, address them. But because we've let fear in so much, we just we just either dismiss their comments or their thoughts because they're, they seem to be coming from a different camp than I'm in. And we're not even talking about what they really want to talk about. And so we have got to address the problem of fear so that we can actually talk about what really matters and then find a way forward. And 
in American politics in particular, Virginia, you know, there there have been solutions to fear that come from our political leaders. Uh, and and we look to our leaders. You know, when things are going great, it's fine. But when things start to go wrong, we look to our leaders to solve those problems. And if they don't, we start to think that maybe they are the problem. And you can think back in our history, there is this great statement from a political leader, President Roosevelt, when in the in the grips of the Great Depression at his first inaugural address, famously said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And that was a powerful statement. And that even carried over and, and sustained and buoyed the courage of a generation that would go and fight World War II. But 70 years later, that statement and that solution has faded. So we need a more lasting solution. And I love that you talked about that we have the truth within us. We need a more permanent solution to fear. And the Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. And if we believe as Christians that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the very Spirit of God who is love in us, then what Christians ought to bring to our politics and to our political discourse is the solution to this problem of fear. When Christians engage either in conversations in the in you know around town or or online, when Christians are involved in political movements or campaigns, when Christians are serving in office, the one thing they really ought to be bringing is love that drives out fear so we can focus on real problems. And we can do that. We have the power within us, but it will take courage. It really will take courage. And can I tell you just real quickly from another experience in my life when I was traveling overseas, I, I was involved in leading a lot of global work and I was in a pretty significant car accident. And God miraculously showed up and sustained us. And we came back uh, home and had a powerful testimony and really got focused on what we were going to do. But then the next year I was supposed to go back and I got absolutely petrified at the idea of getting on a plane and going back overseas. And I discovered that courage is not the ability to stand up against danger or to stand up against threats or to stand up against spiritual warfare, because we're doing that all the time. Real courage is the courage to trust God as you go. And I had to learn that myself, that it really took trusting God to go back. And that's how fear just, you know, was was really extinguished in, in my life in that moment. And the same thing is true. Uh, God's hand is on us. His hand has been on uh, human history ever since the beginning, and he's not taken his hand off it. And so we can keep trusting God even when the difficulties and the challenges are, are hard. That is so true. I, I remember listening to you. I remember what David said, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. If we keep that balance, that when we're all going to have fear, we're all going to encounter fear in our lives. If we fear God and we trust him, 
I remember being in an interrogation room and mm-hmm. I was beaten one day, mm-hmm. I believe, to the end of my abilities. And they were, were asking me to sign the a paper saying that um, I'm crazy, that it's nothing is true with all the cases that, and I keep saying no, no, no. And I was so tired because they were uh, trying to uh, to force me. And as I was so tired and exhausted, full of blood, I heard the Lord saying to me, do not be terrified by them as I will terrify you in front of them. Yeah. It was, That's it so was, amazing. I learned the Bible verse a long time ago, then the Holy Spirit reminded me. And that Bible verse was like a cold water, ice water over me that gave me so much power yeah. just to come back to life and to have that courage. And not only courage, but to look straight into their eyes and say, I don't like what you are doing. I was full of blood and, and uh, pain, but I know God loves you and I choose to love you. Yeah. I knew that I was there to show the love of Christ to them. So yeah. that is what the courage. Yeah, maybe maybe people will not beat you. People, maybe you will just lose your job, or people will make fun of you and so forth. But you have to exercise the courage. If you don't exercise that courage every single day, we eat three times a day to support our body, and we expect that courage will come just like this in a second. Yeah. You have to make step by step every single day and, and act on courage. Well, and if you also notice in the scripture, how many times does God encourage us in the Bible, fear not, you know, do not be afraid. And the promise that almost always comes right with that command to don't be afraid is for God is with you. Uh, what yes. what God promises is his presence. He's with us. And in our politics, it will take courage uh, to address the problem of fear. And the difficulty is that we think, well, if I will trust God and if I will have courage and not be afraid, well, then I'm going to get the outcome that I want. You know, the, the, the bill that I want to be defeated will get defeated or passed will get passed. And uh, that's not the promise. The, the promise isn't the outcome of whatever it is that you're dealing with. The promise is, is that God is with us no matter what happens. And if we yeah. remember that, we, we will really truly discover that we have that, that power within us, that courage to overcome fear through the perfect love of Christ. Exactly. You said, and I want to outline a few things. You said that, um, you know, it takes practice to to um, gain that courage. Um, you have to remember God's word and uh, being fearful of God. Remember that he is with you. Uh, that reminds me that unknown to, to those interrogators or people right now that might, might make fun of my strong belief in Christ. They had no idea that when they make fun of us or in the interrogation room where they beat me, 
In fact, they are pushing us in uh, loving arms of God because there is no other way for us to go. And, and he will whisper, you will feel that presence. It's not only in words. You will fear, actually fear God embracing you, encouraging you, giving you the power and the strength to go on. And I believe is... Uh, it's the essence. I, I have several prayer groups and we pray every single morning. One, we pray at 6.30 in the morning over the phone for years, more than 30 years. And we always pray for uh, our leaders, for yeah. president, for people at the White House, for people in, um, um, you know, Supreme Court and other, other places. And that praying for our leaders is one of the most powerful ways we'll break through the cycles of incivility. And when you think about that command in First Timothy to pray for our leaders, you know, that's not an invitation to be broad in how we pray. Oh, I just you know, pray for our leaders, pray for our president. No, we can be bold. We have the ability to pray very boldly and specifically for them at any point in time, any time of the day, anywhere on earth. And when you pray for your leaders, you're not you're not praying that the Lord would smite them. Um, you're you're praying first and foremost that uh, the Holy Spirit would be with them, would would convict them, would draw them closer to God. Romans thirteen calls governmental leaders instruments of God, servants of God, whether they know Him or not. We can pray for our governmental leaders because they are in a position that that God intended to be used for good. And so we can pray very boldly for them. And if we do that, and I always say, and let them know, uh, you know, send them a tweet, uh, shoot them a note, call their office. And if, if you will just simply send a tweet that says, Hey, representative, so-and-so I, I prayed Ephesians three for you today. That's all you have to say. And those kinds of statements and those kinds of words especially when you actually have prayed, that is so powerful. And it changes the very environment in which our leaders do their work. And that's what we do. That's what we're all about is creating a culture in which uh, civility, integrity, and servant leadership can thrive. And we'll all be better if our leaders are better. That is so true. That gives uh, possibility for everyone from younger age to 100 years old. You can do that. You can pray for leaders. You right. can be involved in from the city hall to the White House. But if you don't want uh, to do that, prayers is available to everyone. Absolutely. I, I just want to uh, conclude with your uh, amazing uh, summary of what Everybody can do it. And I want to thank you so much for coming to um, our podcast. And um, I know we touched just a little bit. We're yeah. going to invite you again. But Absolutely. I just want to thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Yeah. And, and Virginia, what we really try to do is uh, equip everyday people from all walks of life. And so you can go to Capital Culture dot com find out ways that we're doing that ways that you can get access to resources that we provide that really do help you engage your leaders um, we lay out our whole process in the book when leaders matter all that information is available on the website but it's it's not just about 
uh, you know, supporting a group that's trying to work with leaders. It, we really are trying to uh, engage uh, people across our country because w- we have a role to play. And it's not just at the ballot box. We have a role to play and, and your voice is more powerful than you than you know. And I'm so grateful to get to talk with you and and be part of your work. I've really enjoyed uh, following you on social media and just it's awesome to get to to really connect more with you and to have this conversation and future ones. Thank you so much. Virginia Pradhan, her coaching program, buy her book, Saving My Assassin, or invite Virginia to speak at your events, visit virginiaprodanbooks.com.